everyone. Welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me. And for a daily word today, we are in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. And I want to share verse 40 with you. And then let's let's talk just for a few minutes today, kind of walk through part of, of uh, Luke 6 here and talk about Jesus' blueprint for discipleship. Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student or, or the disciple who is fully trained will become like the teacher. So Jesus, before his ascension, before he ascended into heaven, he gave what's known as the Great Commission. We find that recorded in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, and uh, this is verse 18 through to verse 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go and make disciples. So here in Luke 6, if we get the Great Commission there and Matthew 28. Here in Luke 6, I think that we get a very clear uh, sort of blueprint for discipleship, uh, what that looks like, how do you, how do, you do it, uh, how was how it done. And, and first of all, as we're looking at, at Luke 6, I think it's important to say that, that the goal, as we read in verse 40, the goal is to become like the teacher. And, and that is to say, that we become like Jesus. In the ancient world in Jesus' day, the, the disciples of a rabbi would follow them around everywhere, would not just hear their teaching, of course that would be true, but would also observe them. And the idea is that they would become like, they would be trained into after the pattern of this rabbi. And so the whole idea of discipleship is to become like Jesus. It is to have the mind of Christ. It is to live our lives not exactly after you know what Jesus did in his his earthly life during his three years of public ministry. It's not that, but it is. I think a way to think about it is if Jesus were living my life, that more and more as I am discipled, as I'm trained after the Lord, I, I would live my life more like Jesus would live it if he were living it, right? So that's the goal. And what we see, just kind of point one here, is that it's done together. What we see is this, this teaching from Jesus about relationship. How do you, how do, you do discipleship in relationship? He says, do not judge, do not condemn, to forgive. Verse 37, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. This, this whole deal is done in relationship. We actually need one another in order to be transformed as the Lord intends for us to, to be transformed. And as we do that, our focus, what Jesus is showing us, our focus is on 
how God is convicting me, right? That my focus is not, let me tell you what you're doing wrong, so much as what is it that God is doing in my life? How is God convicting me? How is he leading me? How is he transforming me? So that, and this is important, so that I can help my brother. I can help my sister. Verses 41 and 42, Jesus says this, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Uh, So, you know, um, there are lots of folks these days who seem to take this word from Jesus, this verse, do not judge, uh, way out of context. They take that and they run with it and they use it as ammunition to sort of try to prove the case that, that the church shouldn't really be making moral demands on the followers of Christ. That it should be more or less a moral free-for-all. And certainly that is not what Jesus is teaching. That is not at all what, what this is about. What this is about is I'm going to have my walk with the Lord where I am seeking the Lord. I'm in the scriptures. I'm I'm in Christian community. I'm under accountability. I'm trying to be transformed so that I can help somebody else, so that I can be a part of helping somebody else to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to get the log out of my eye so that I can help you with the speck in your eye. So this is done, this discipleship deal, it is done together. We have to forgive each other because we will mess up, we will stumble, we will will hurt each other's feelings. We, We have to be willing to apologize and to forgive. We cannot just pretend that we're all good and and I'm just gonna point out somebody else's sins and feel superior to them. I am walking with the Lord and I'm trying to help you walk with the Lord. That's what this is all about. Now not only that we saw see also that discipleship is about practice right musicians they've got to practice in order to get better right students have to dig into the books they have to listen to the lectures they have to study in order to to grow and so what the lord here uh, points to is this practice of bearing fruit verse 38 says this Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, this is, this is in part about money, and part of discipleship is surrendering that part of our lives to God. It is making that choice that Jesus talks about. You can't serve God and wealth. Discipleship is about saying, God, I serve you. I don't serve money. I, in fact, use my money to serve you. So that's partly what we're talking about here, but we're also talking about engaging in the practice of serving, of bearing fruit and having that experience and knowing that experience rewarded that when we follow the Lord, we are, we are blessed. I'm not saying that 
we're given material reward all the time. Sometimes that happens, but I, I'm, I'm really talking about a spiritual reward, the blessing of the presence of the Lord, the blessing of His joy, the blessing of His smile on your life, the blessing of His anointing. And so we practice, we practice bearing fruit. We, we read this in verses 43 to 45, a good tree can't produce, I'm sorry, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. And then he goes on to say in 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. This is a matter of practice. How is it that you become a good tree? Well, this is about giving our lives over to Jesus Christ accepting Him as Lord and Savior, being given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and therefore being born again, born again into a whole new kind of life, a life lived with God actually dwelling in us, a life lived no longer for the self, but for Jesus Christ. And so we are born again, but the thing is, even as we're born again, we do sense and we know that that sinful nature clings to us, clings to us. And so as we're, as we're thinking about doing good, thinking about being generous, thinking about serving, what we can find is that we actually have, for instance, mixed motives. That I might be giving or I might be serving because I want to please Jesus, and I do. But you know what? I, I also might find that I'm doing that also because I want to have the approval of others. I want others to see me and think, man, what a guy. What a guy to serve. What a guy to give like that. I want to be admired. But what we can't do is just lay back and say, you know, when I, when I get a really good heart, when I become a really good tree, then I'll start serving, then I'll start giving, and all of that. This, this really is a matter of practice. We serve God. We step out in faith. We do what God says. And as we do it, we find that the Spirit does. The Spirit does he gives us uh, joy in serving, but we can also find at the very same time, he's all, boy, he's also convicting us and he's refining us. He's shaping us, saying, Do you know, I want you to see this. I want you to see how you actually put your, your worth in what that person was thinking about. You, you did this to be seen. I want you to do this for me. I want you to do this even if it's in secret and nobody but I know about this. So it is a matter of, uh, of practicing bearing fruit and allowing the Lord to refine us. But not only that, it is a matter also, friends, of building our lives on the Word of God. Jesus uh, tells us here in 46 to 49, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to, to me listens to my teaching and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays a foundation on, on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And so what, what the Lord is calling us to here is to build our lives, to build our lives on the Word of God. 
And that means the whole counsel of God, the whole witness of God. There are some these days who are talking about how they're, oh, I'm a red-letter Christian, I'm a red-letter Christian, and they're trying to act like that's a very devout thing, and it sounds like it. Well, aren't the red letters the things that Jesus says? Well, yeah, but what they mean by that, by and large, is that they want to dismiss the moral teaching that we find, for instance, in the letters of Paul. They want to say, I'm only, fix, I'm only uh, focusing on the teaching of Jesus, and D- Jesus doesn't touch, talk about X or Y, and so I'm a red-letter Christian. But friends, the whole Bible was written by the Lord, the whole Bible, from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, right? All of it, all of it written by God. You see, Jesus Christ is the Son of God come in the flesh. He is also declared to be in John the Word of God. He is the incarnate Word of God. The Bible is the written Word of God. Jesus wrote it all. As a matter of fact, we find in 1 Peter, listen to this, they wondered what time or situation, talking about the Old Testament prophets, the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. Jesus speaking to the biblical authors by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we read this from 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 15. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. It is by the Word of God that the Lord shapes us, changes us, transforms us, convicts us. It is by the Word of God saturating our lives every day being, being in God's Word, praying through God's Word, being in corporate worship, being in, in small groups where we're digging into God's Word, that we are shaped and formed by the Word of God. And our lives are built upon the rock who is Christ. That's the pattern, friends, that the Lord gives us for discipleship in Luke chapter 6. And may we be found faithful to pursue the goal of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. In His name, amen. Amen. And friends, until we have a chance to speak again, I pray that God would bless you and that He would keep you.